Hello, everyone, and good evening. Thank you for joining us for session two of the Pitman Sculpture, an Apocalypse Keys special mini series on this channel in collaboration with our lovely friends at Queen's Court Games. We are very excited to get into more intense shenanigans given what happened last session. And I'm very excited to play with all of these lovely folks uh, who are. I'm sure very eager to grasp keys and unre unravel some very interesting uh, elements of this peculiar mystery before us. A reminder, of course, to everyone watching or listening that you can support Speculate in many different ways, including by checking out the website at speculatesf.com and uh, joining us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash speculate, where you can get all kinds of very neat goodies about all of the content that we make including goodies about this. So, without further ado, I would like to ask all of these uh, lovely folks to please tell everyone uh, who you are, what you do, and who you'll be playing this evening, starting with Mike. Hello, everyone. I am Mike. I write science fiction and fantasy as Michael R. Underwood. My latest book is actually my first book, but again, because I've been reissuing the Geekomancy series. So you can read that if you like urban fantasy where pop culture is a magic system. You can find me streaming sometimes on twitch.tv slash turbotango. And I'm one of the three co-hosts of Speculate along with Brandon and our friend Gregory A. Wilson. They or he pronouns for me, I am playing Tempo, who uses they them pronouns. They are the last playbook. Thank you. Next. Aaron. Hi, yes. Hello, friends. Uh, I am Aaron. I am the resident forever GM uh, over at Queen's Court Games. And I would like to take this moment to say that I am delighted to actually be here again because uh, not only am I a Speculate Patreon subscriber, but I just bought Mike's book and it'll be here in a few days so I can read it. So it's like getting to beat the table with people I'm a huge fan of and that feels great. Uh, I use he, him pronouns and today I will be playing John slash Jane. Either works. Um, he uses any pronouns. They are the found. Thank you. Next. Yoy. Hello. Uh, welcome, and feel free to stay a while, even though I am not at the moment actually speaking to you. I am Yoy Gawain Len, the they pronouns game and fiction writer. Tonight, I will be playing Hamalio, a zombie cinnamon roll, and they, she pronouns for Hamalio, and they are the summon. And last but not least, Aubrey. Hello, I'm Aubrey. You can find me everywhere on the internet at the Mad Queen or Mad Queen Cosplay. I am the technical director over at Queen's Court Games, along with a lot of other things. But tonight, I will be playing Ciara Tan, uh, the Surge playbook, uh, and we both use she, her pronouns. Thank you. And as for me, I am Brandon O'Brien. I keep the keys so you don't have to. I am one of the co-hosts over at Speculate, and I am a writer, game designer, and poet from Trinidad and Tobago, and I'm very excited to get into some shenanigans now, because when we last left off in the Pitman Sculpture, our lovely crew of misfit members of Division uh, had been given a mission in the middle of the morning, in, in, in the dead of dark of midnight, to go find out about a... A sculpture that had been presumed missing for ages, only to, redis only to be rediscovered in the black market, go for sale, and then go off the grid again. And in their investigation, they discovered that in a diner somewhere in L.A., 
lots of mischief has been happening, including but not limited to the intensely, physically locked, frozen bodies of dozens of patrons who seem to be muttering to themselves about seeking some beautiful thing about themselves or about the world we are not yet sure. And in the midst of attempting to find out more information about what happened here, who has the sculpture, and where they went with it before they left, our good friend Jane was about to be accosted by these previously frozen figures. And that's where we're going to dive back in to the story, as three roughly six feet apart from you, uh, three figures, including the cashier Janice, are roughly surrounding you, Jane. You have only just noticed that they are all now looking at you, dazed in awe, slowly grasping towards you. You know that this is a bad thing to happen. They're about to touch you. They don't know what happens when they touch you. But you do. What happens if they touch you? Uh, well, if they touch me, there, there is no you anymore. There's just an us, brackets, very negative, close brackets. That sounds like a thing that you'd like to avoid, yes? If I can help it, uh, yeah. How do you plan to avoid that? I think that... The panic is the initial emotion that all physical contact is to be avoided for the reasons that have, have been discussed in the last episode. P.S. Go watch it. But um, in this particular case, it's the added negativity of the mystery. So any kind of, of smooth, dexterous motion, any kind of, of you know quiet way of handling this is, is well out the door um, as Jane's brain starts to collect all the relative details. Um, so I think I am actually going to unleash the dark, uh, and use my power of the telepathy of telekinesis to just blast these things away from me with a wave of psychic force. Okay. Are you going to spend any darkness tokens on that? I, I don't have any darkness tokens, so I'm going to, to pray to my singular awful god and hope that this works out. Okay, we are all crossing our appendages for you. Alright. Uh, well, I've got good news and bad news. Um, the mm -hmm. good news is that we have, we have an interesting narrative moment coming, because the bad news is I have rolled a 5, a completeness. Aha! Uh -huh. um, <laughs> on a miss, you have greatly underestimated them. The Keeper will describe the desperate position you find yourself in. Oh god! Oh god! Can I introduce something into the canon that might explain this? I'm I'm curious to hear what you'd like to what you'd like to introduce. It would be my idea that either they are incorporeal, so the actual like psychic pressure wave just passes through them, or that whatever is inside me that grants me this power, when it interacts with the raw force of them, it's like matter antimatter, and that I actually get pushed away or uh, it recoils into my own brain. Hmm. So there is a version of that that I also like. Um, so you'll tell me if this works. We can veto this as well. But 
your powers play very strongly with a level of psychic awareness that is already very tense in this moment because you've already learned a lot from all of these people psychically. And it also doesn't help or hurt that in this moment, everyone, everyone in this room is focused on one singular very emotive thought. So what happens is you release that wave in the hopes that it physically will repel everyone, or at least stun everyone to the point where they don't actually interact with you. And instead, you just get even more feedback. They're not touching you yet. They're still conscious. They're still working towards touching you. In this moment, however, you are very strongly struck with the same feeling that they are. There's a beautiful thing in the world, and you would like to have it, or be it, or know it, or see it. You're still trying to make sense of what that is, because for all these people, that is actually fundamentally different. But you're having all of those feelings at once for them. Anybody else in this moment, you see John... With this look on their face of something in the middle of intense frustration and deep spiritual rapture, they are trying to understand something in their own brain that is, that you have no idea what it is, but it looks like it's not making any sense and it's causing them a lot of, an- a lot of annoyance, but also some, but Perhaps, or not all of you, know that it would be a bad thing if somebody touches uh, Jane, and these three people are still trying to do so. Is anyone uh, like to intervene? I would like I to intervene. I have a question. Is the, uh, face, is the face that John has still the baby face? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I definitely would like to intervene. Like, go for the closest person to me uh, and grab them and try to... Just pull them back okay what would you like to what's the move you'd like to make um actually uh you know using this sort of power of flame kind of like super heat the air in front of them in a way that it kind of buffets them backwards cool that definitely does indeed work um and that would probably be what I think uh, just yeah, unleash the dark. That sounds like unleash the dark to me. Cool. I have no dark darkness tokens either, so <laughs> uh, this is probably going to be great as well. Bad John Day. Bad bad John Day. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I already spent my bond with you, or else I would. That's a, it's a seven. It's still a miss, though. <laughs> A seven is a miss that can be turned into an eight with the expense of a bond, right? I don't have, I don't have a bond to spend. So if I have a bond with um, Ciara, can I spend it to help her? If I am not mistaken, you should in fact be able to do that. Okay. I would be happy to spend a bond because I believe that I have one oh. with Ciara as well. Okay. Yes, or... I have one with Ciara, and I can say that I help <laughs> in that I, was... I... Huh? 
it's either that or I let it go real bad because I have the move, the heart's eclipse, and it says whenever I roll a miss, I can choose to have it have powered surge beyond my control, causing great collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I could uh, spend my bond and have that manifest in gameplay by jumping in between John and the others. So, like, maybe there mm-hmm. was that physical destruction as well. Because I do have a, a torn between episode that we didn't get to in the last uh, session. That's mm-hmm. still waiting in the wings. So, And we are, in fact, going to get to that. The rules are not clear about whether someone can spend a bond on another player. But I'm going to allow it because I just want to see what the scene, how we manifest that bond in the first place anyway. Uh, that's if Aubrey is okay with yeah, that. Yeah, go because for it. Of, of course, if you want to use the Hearts Eclipse move. Um, because that Part of me does, but also I'm like, that's going to cause a lot more problems than I think we need right now. Okay, that, more that, like that, a mid-season move. Okay, got yeah, it. That, well, that one is like... There is no diner anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I see my bestest friend, Ciara, attempt to superheat the air, and I smell it crackle across the boundaries of mortal existence, and I see that for whatever reason, it is not repelling uh, these three people who are reaching for Jane in the same way that I saw the figures reaching towards me in the brief moment of very bad connection that caused a limousine door-inspired spree of destruction last session. Um, But I realized that my friend is in danger, and I am going to help. And I realized, once again, that I don't know how to help on a mortal scale because I am not actually a mortal being. But I'm going to try! Because they're my bestest friends, so I jumped in, and I T-pose to assert dominance. Oh, God. Okay. So, you're not trying to light anything on fire, are you, Sierra? Isn't my intention, but, you know. I mean, with the plus one, in fact, I can let you qualify this first. Um, with the plus one, you wield the darkness with control and ease, and you get to choose two. Yep, uh, let's see. We are going to... We'll get the upper hand, and I think we'll avoid reprisals. Cool. Right, so, what happens in this moment is, in a moment of a lack of control. You would probably have lit this counter, lit this countertop on fire, very swiftly set this part all the way to the kitchen ablaze by this point. But instead, you just make this like very intensely warm bubble around John, with most of the heat facing outward. It's still very warm. John, you are not uncom- you are not comfortable in this moment, but at least no one's touching you, and everybody else is. They're not conscious enough in this moment to know that what they're what they are doing is recoiling from pain, but their bodies won't let them pass through this barrier of intense heat. So they're still like clawing outside of it, unable to get past you, uh, get past it to you, and all of the other people in the room who are like slowly like crawling towards the space 
kind of stop and it seems like they're making out the fact that this is a that a barrier has occurred that pre- will prevent them from engaging with you but they're still looking very intensely at you you can leave this space at will it will not feel good but it won't hurt you um but of course if you do you will be encountering all of these people so you should now all of you Determine what is the course of action that will allow you to leave this space without John getting in further peril. I think from from my part, I can set the stage by saying that Jane is first overwhelmed by the idea of just not making contact with these things. So scrambling away on their hands like backwards while the glove hands are up in the like the kind of defensive posture. And then when the heat comes, it turns more into like a standing in front of a blast furnace is the feeling I'm getting. Like someone has opened up the final 15 minutes of Terminator directly in Jane's face and is just completely paralyzed there. Uh, so I, I will I will add my own complication to this, that if you want John to leave, you're going to have to take Jane with you because they are not in a position to do that on their own right now. Luckily uh, for Jane, I have colossal strength. I can pick you up and carry you to safety like a normal human being. You can do that. Is that, a, is that an action that you'd like to take? Yes, that is exactly what I am going to do. <laughs> you should roll for that. Uh, what action would you like to take? That sounds like Unleash the Dark as well. Yes, let me see. I need to scroll to Unleash the Dark because this page is extremely confusing. Uh when you unleash the dark within you to enforce your will someone on someone, physically, socially, emotionally, spend darkness tokens and roll. I have five darkness tokens right now. Um, mm-hmm. A thing should happen before this happens. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. Each half of John that remains will still appreciate you as a friend. <laughs> Before you act, I will still give you the action, but before you act, you are torn between. Okay. So, (laughs) you... Do you have any further bonds with anyone? I have two bonds with John and or Jane, and I have one with Ciara. I also have two with Hamaliel, so we're besties. It's no big deal. (laughs) Just two weirdos being two weirdos. So, unless, of course, you were preparing to make a base roll. I mean, I'll give you the choice. Uh, you may either um, uh, let your monstrous nature show and describe the damage that your outburst causes, uh, marking one ruin. Describe how you diminish your power and uh, lose all darkness tokens, but that means that you that will also have narrative implications for the move that you already prepared to make. Or you can spend a bond and describe how they uh, directly or inadvertently help you regain control. So I feel like the scene is, you see all of this happening. This is a very messy moment. And a part of you is like, I could just make a mess here. I could just juggernaut this side of the diner and we'll, everyone else will be severely injured because they're mostly mortal. But at least you'll be out of this building. But that sounds like a bad idea because there are police outside and also you don't want to make the news. A thing that you're known for, a thing that Aya already doesn't like you constantly doing anyway. So uh, you should probably consider the consequences of that as well. 
The thing is, is that we have all been escalating very fast and nothing has happened so far that indicates that the escalation is going to happen. So I'm kind of tempted to say I mark one ruin because everything has been super stressful so far. I'm in the inside of a superheated bubble currently. I'm going to say that what happens is that the corpse shell that Hamaliel is in sort of slips a little and an aspect of their law kind of leaks out uh, from it. So everybody else sees like this giant spectral nebula-esque skeleton arms suddenly just kind of whiff briefly into existence and then disappear again. But basically around Hamaliel, things just enter dissolution. Things just sort of fall apart. Not in a particularly dramatic way or a destructive way. They just sort of enter entropy. And it's all almost kind of peaceful because this is all a very natural process. You're just watching time move forward very, very quickly in a very in unnatural and yet natural way. And this happens as Hamaliel turns around, sees Jane scrambling backwards, and says in a voice that starts warbling oddly out of dimension and into something that sounds like it comes from a galaxy or something. Don't worry, my friend, I'm going to save you! And then just Tackle grabs Jane up into a carry over their shoulder, which, may I remind you, Hamaliel is five feet tall. So this looks extremely bizarre. And basically just runs out of the diner. Okay. As in out the front door? Whatever is the clearest line of sight, I guess. I mean, facing... obstructed way. Mm-hmm. Facing Jane, you would either have to walk around the counter and Janice in order to get to the front door, or you could just run through the kitchen where people are, but you don't know who those people are because they're still on the other side of the door. But either way, either of those is fine. I just want to hear you define a course of action. Okay, I'm guessing that Ciara and Tempo are in front of me, so by the counter and Janice as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So I run past the counter and Janice, and I say to my bestest friends, who all have very strange looks on their faces for some reason, Come, let us go! It is time to leave! Cool. So you make it to the front door. And I need to roll now for Unleash the Dark. Um, Because I have not done that yet. Yes, you have not. Mm -hmm. I am inclined to give it to you for that scene. But then I also have five darkness tokens. This is true. Okay, so I'll make you unleashly dark for getting past Janice and uh, one other person by the door. So we, we can see what the outcome of the action would be. Okay, and for Torn Between, I'm marking one ruin because mm-hmm. I let my monstrous nature show and describe the damage my outburst caused. Mm-hmm. So I've marked one ruin, uh, going to unleash the dark now. 
You like to spend any of these tokens? I would love to spend these tokens because I do not wish to be torn between again. How many should I mm-hmm. spend? We've been rolling kind of crap, haven't we? Two seems safe. Two seems safe. A <laughs> reminder that you can uh, roll dis- you can roll disastrously successful as well. I, I know, I know. I'm. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Two famous last words. Let's go. That's a 10. A perfect hit. Beautiful. Okay. Oh, oh God. Brilliant. I love this so very much. <laughs> so, uh, you get to choose two. So, get past their defenses, inflict a condition, get what you want, avoid reprisals, gain the upper hand, expose a weakness or flaw, confuse them for some time. I feel like confuse I, them is good. It would be valuable in this moment. Just I feel say. like confusing is definitely one because a small dimensional event also happened. Uh, and I think maybe getting past defenses and inflicting a condition makes sense just because I was torn between and that inflicted some kind of damage. I'm going to look up what conditions are. Confuse them for a time makes sense because Jane is also confused for a time right now, so it makes sense the monsters are also experiencing that emotion. Uh-huh. Okay, so conditions are raging, lovelorn, obsessed, and despairing. Each Apocalypse Keys playbook has their own conditions. Oh. And so those are conditions that are specific to the summoned. Oh. Conditions okay. for NPCs are I probably just at the keeper's discretion. Because that's so... Because <laughs> I was going to say, a lovely series of things it just happened. Uh-oh. Um, one, while unleashing your nature in this space, when this part of your nature reveals itself to this group, Hamaliel, you and only you, hear everyone in the room that is not Tempo... Jane or Ciara gasp you hear it only in your head you hear it the way that you would hear orders from the most high if you still heard those orders you can in that moment you vaguely make out you think some of these people like they're the focus of their eyes very briefly turned to you before they went back to Jane and attempted to break through the barrier of of heat. But that was gone as quickly as that leaked visage of your law had returned to you. And when you rush past Janice, you kind of notice that they're back in this personally dazed space that they were in. And they are now, and they've gone back to muttering, but they are no longer muttering in English, you hear briefly as you're rushing past Janice. You weren't really thinking about it that, at that time. But you hear Janice is muttering in Enochian. Oh no, that's very bad. But yeah, that's very bad. But it's not for you to think about anymore because now you're out of the diner. Everyone in that diner is now dazed. They're going to be trapped like that again. They just now have other beautiful things to think about. And you briefly consider whether one of those things may ultimately, in some tragic sense, be part of the image of you. 
But you're I'm not, not all outside. about that right now. <laughs> uh, as we shift scene beats, um, I will say that uh, I'll take darkness tokens for uh, feeling frustrated or scared slash reacting with uncertainty or cowardice. I have no concept of how many is appropriate. Like, two is the base. I also did make it worse for everybody. Is that more? This part I'm not clear on. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take three. Don't mm. me take three. <laughs> that was a lot. I would like to feel overwhelmed by everything that just happened. <laughs> I should check a thing as well. Because that's one of my gaining darkness tokens. So it's like, feel overwhelmed. Oh, having too much is not good for any of us. Yep. No. Uh, uh, just for um, fictional positioning, once Hamaliel is outside, uh, what are they doing with Jane? I have taken you off my shoulder, and I'm holding you up by the waist, I guess, because it's your waist that's folded over my shoulder, like you are a small child. And I'm looking you up and down. Big elongated baby. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> my um. friend! <laughs> I'm basically uh. yelling, my friend, are you okay? That kind of thing. <laughs> Jane, you're the first to notice before Hamaliel does that there are two, like, plainclothes detectives, like, noir-level plainclothes, long trench coat with the collars raised, uh, sipping what you can smell from here is bad coffee, who are looking at you, looking at you both like this is the strangest thing that they've seen all night, which is saying a lot considering what they've seen, but that's because it dawns on you in this moment that they're seeing the equivalent of someone Danny DeVito's height uh, holding up someone <laughs> well beyond their height and weight as if they are no physical problem at all for them to lift. There's a lot going through my mind all at once. In my particular canon, when, when Hamaliel is describing like the voice of the cosmos, I don't think John's between those words. I think it's like a Hans Zimmer trumpet kind of everything noise. So it's, it's, it's like the wah, 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 wah from Charlie Brown, but like really bassy, like inside of your appendix rumbling kind of noise. So as you're talking in Cheerful, it's just incomprehensible. Like, how do you think about the scale of the universe? Except that someone's voice just rattling. Before eventually, like the eyeballs focus and it's there. I'm, it's a bit like um, like the Bugs Bunny, where like you get hit by the frying pan and it wobbles slowly until it kind of comes back into clarity. Before also realizing that they are suspended uh, midair, and there's an acute sense of, of like, n despite knowing what you want, like the emotion to be here, like you're looking for the joy and just being that. It's so delicate and afraid the way that the glove hands reach out to like lay on your shoulders and be like, it's, it's okay, you can put me down now. The way that with the same like trepidation when you're trying to like stand up to a bear, just like it is plainly obvious that Jane doesn't know what to do with how strong you are right now, especially because they are still dealing on epoch time, slowly coalescing back into reality. Okay. One of those officers, like, mid-sip, like, it is still, like, the coffee is still, like, inches from their lips, and they just look at y'all and go, uh, did y'all learn anything we didn't already know? Hamaliel puts Jane down very carefully, and looks to the cop and announces happily, we learned that we can save our friend. 
If it's okay. If it's okay, I'd like for Tempo to be kind of hovering, like basically hovering their way out to join the scene and with kind of with uh, hands in as comforting a beatific position as they can be having too many joints and being just too large for humans, say, officers, please run a search on an individual named Hank Collins, who appears to be involved in the situation that occurred. Okay, we'll get somebody on that immediately. The guy almost like... Like, you, you can see the gears turning in his head less like a cop and more like he thinks he's in a TV show when he throws his coffee to the nearest, like, to, like, the furthest end of the parking lot outside this diner. And you realize as, it's, as it spins in midair and the lid flies off that this cup of coffee was full and is still steaming hot as he taps the other guy on the shoulder and they rush towards their car um, to pull up their dash computer even though you know that this is not a hurry um, and a couple of other uh, officers watch them and this guy like calls out Collins we think he's responsible and everybody like like starts going to their radios try to like pass information back to uh, headquarters, etc. You get the impression that they think that this is... That they're responding to this as if this is a SWAT-level or terrorist-level situation because it doesn't make any sense. As this happens, I would like for you, Tempo, tell me what this session's flickering hope is. Yes, yeah, so as the, as the group kind of crowded around Jane... Tempo is reminded of a an interdimensional virus that their people discovered some centuries ago because Tempo's people live on a chronological scale that is fairly disconnected from human lifespans and so Tempo was was already kind of an adult and active when the Relayum which is their people, discovered this a virus that created a groupthink situation among a another species that the Relayum had some kind of you know interplanetary trade activity with. And when members of the Relayum were kind of lost into that hive mind, other members you came together to utilize this kind of temporal manipulation that they have to rewind to the point that each person was inserted or subsumed into this collective. And so Tempo is reminded of that experience and is actually kind of filled with some some hope, but also doubt. Hope because there is the chance that this can work here. Doubt because this is a very different time and a very different people, and humans are complicated. Indeed. So this Um. is both love and sorrow that I'm speaking with. What I hope for is that we can do the same thing, that these people could be kind of returned to their selfhood. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend two darkness tokens and roll. That actually works. Are you gonna do? Okay, that's that is a perfect hit. Fantastical. 
Yep. If you all keep doing tens, this is going to be grand. Right. We have one session that's almost all misses, and then another session that's hits. And so we finish the first case tonight. It's like, it's the 80-20 rule, but in a way that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's also very telling that on both of those perfect hits, you both spent exactly two darkness tokens, which means that if you had not intervened, you would have still perfect hit. And I hope that I hope that that's uh, a trend that does not need to repeat. But we'll see uh, how this goes. But yes, choose two. Okay, so my options are: describe how a fellow monster reminds you of someone from your past and gain one bond with them. Describe how the tragedy of your people haunts you and gain one bond with what the darkness demands. Or describe the long overture of the apocalypse and how it claimed your people. Uncover a key. So I want to. I'm going to say, well, I'm gonna, first I'm going to look at my bonds. I'm going to say that in this moment, John reminds me of the, the person of the Relayam who was first lost to this hive mind, who is also a kind of inquisitive but nervous sort. And seeing that, that mirroring in, uh, in Jane kind of helps Tempo connect with with them a little bit more directly as a person, not as a human, as a person, because the anthropocentrism of tempo is toward the relayum. And so thinking about someone as being like of their people creates a stronger, closer emotional tie because they're not great with people that are humans. And then the other one is going to be that when the police have gone off, Tempo shares this story with uh, the other members of the group, if it's okay, and if Ciara has kind of come out to, to join everyone. Would have followed you out. Yeah. They say, my people encountered something not unlike this um, mass subsumption into a single will. We were able to untangle it by removing people chronologically, temporally, from that collective I don't know that it can be done here, but I do know that doing so is dangerous because it was an over-reliance and an overextension of our chronal manipulation that created the cascading dissolution of our societal integrity. That is a longer story that is not as relevant here, but we should proceed with caution. And I want to uncover a key. And my, my, like the thing that I'm kind of going to pitch is a key about the, the kind of hive mind element that something in that uncovers or gestures towards something for tempo, if that's okay. But I'm also very happy to take something else if you have an idea. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. I want to give you the thing that you want and not the thing that I want to give you. If it will help the story move forward, I'm very happy to take the thing that you want to give. Mm-hmm. So, you are you are telling this story, and as you do so, as you're thinking back about like the collective work that the Relayam did in order to retract that event, in order to uh, save its people, you feel this weird kind of it's not necessarily feedback you feel the equivalent of what a binaural beat would sound like and it gives you the impression that 
a kind of collective performative action was taking place in this space. And when you try to, like, hone in on that image, on what that tone of energy might be, it directs you back facing the diner. And that's when you kind of realize that there is, like, you look at it and you see this, like, kind of energy feedback emerging from it. That when you squint at it, like, when you just kind of give it the barest of glimpses without trying to focus on it, that's when you really realize that something is happening here. You notice that it is, like, vaguely surrounded by the ephemeral image of what look like cocoons slowly emerging into monarch butterflies and then slowly retracting back into cocoons like this kind of ghostly image of three or four or five of them surrounding the entire diner as big as a child but uh obviously just cocoons just kind of ebbing and flowing in and out of their crystallization and when you focus on it, it's not there. And it gives you this like impression that an action is being taken an action was being forced onto this space, that it wasn't it wasn't actually the sculptor that did this to these people. It was someone or something or some group of people or things doing a thing either to the space or to the sculptor when Collins plus one was here uh, briefly. Cool. Um, so I have this on Uncovered Keys as ephemeral image of cocoons slowly emerging into monarch butterflies and then returning to chrysalis. Mm-hmm. That works. Cool. I'm sorry for being so verbose, but that works. <laughs> I mean, if if there was a series to be that kind of extra, I think this is this is one to do that. Mm-hmm. As you see that, you're focusing on these things, and now... I am going to tick the doomsday clock once of four.